You don't have to be a huge fan of the movie Space Jam. I think they're coming out with a sequel soon. But um, to have heard the song I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. Now, this is not an interview with R. Kelly. That would be cool. But this is an interview with a guy named Nick Walton. And he's got the belief part absolutely down. In fact, he's also got the flying part too. If you check out his Instagram, I think it's at Nick underscore Walton, you'll see some incredible and captivating pictures. But on top of that, he's got an even better story. We all get presented with bad news from time to time. Nick Walton is a great example of what you can do when your belief trumps that bad news, when your belief and your faith in your own ability can supersede even the worst possible scenario. I can't wait for you to hear this story on Off the Floor, episode 17. What happens when you combine business, pop culture, and at least five analogies to ballroom dancing? You get Off the Floor. A podcast to help you get to that next step in your career or your tango. Here's our host, Chris Lynham. Well, first thing, let me introduce to you guys. Uh, you know, the, sh- the show is called Off the Floor, and I can't think of a better guest to have on the show than my guest right now is Nick Walton. And uh, this guy, his if you check out his Instagram, um, he literally should be the spokesperson for just what the show is all about in a physical sense, because everything that he has on his account is him. It looks like he's just levitating off the ground. And the whole idea with the show is to have like a different perspective. And man, this guy has got a different perspective on gravity. Um, So I want to introduce to to you, the off the floor audience, Mr. Nick Walton. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Well, well, first, if you could like sum it up, like what you do and like if it's a sport, is it just a hobby? Like, are you, are you a daredevil? How would you sum it up? Uh, I just like to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I, I remember showing one of your pictures to my wife and she thought for sure it was some type of, you know, graphics or something like that. So where did you come up with that concept and, and what got you started doing that? Well, it was part of my past, actually. It was uh, I, I came from being born paralyzed. So uh, for me, it was just great to uh, tell people, no, you're wrong. I am going to be able to walk, let alone do my flips and learn how to jump and stuff. It was just about expressing that limits are just an option, really. Man, that is incredible. So talk about that. Like, was this something that you had to go through, like physical therapy? Like, and then and then when did you get to a point where you were where you're able to start walking, let alone doing what you're doing? Um, well, I was born with my feet upside down and back against my shin. Um, so I had several surgeries on the back of my Achilles tendon. And so they hit a nerve, um, and I lost a majority of my feeling in my legs, almost all of it. Um, and, uh, they had me go to physical therapy for a little while, but that didn't really do much just because they were kind of uh, making me do the things incorrectly. And so I later on learned how to uh, move correctly from a couple mentors. And no, it was just basically willpower uh, and, you know, me giving the middle finger to the world. <laughs> that's so cool. I, I mean, that's uh, I mean, <laughs> gosh, I, I, I know like so much of physical therapy is just like a mental game, too. Like, I mean, I all I ever did was, you know, I broke my wrist, but I mean. Um, but the doctor told me, my orthopedist told me, he said, 
you're going to probably do your physical therapy for half the time and then you're going to quit. And I was like, why would you say that to me? And he's like, you're a young guy. You know, most young guys, they think that they're healed and then they just quit before they're completely through the process. So like, how did you like mentally like stay in it and, and how much of like what you said, like the mental aspect of it, was it in comparison to like the physical aspect? Um, I'm not entirely sure because that was kind of something that I, I learned at a really early age. Uh, I think mainly because I had to be uh, adaptable to my surroundings because I, I'm a military brat, so I kind of bounced around everywhere. I didn't really have very much parental support. Uh, I never really met my father, and my mom was, you know, she's busy living her life sure. somewhere. So um, I didn't really have a lot of uh, parental support. So I kind of had to find my own way to adapt. And um, I think the most important part for me personally was just the fact of um, this was what I really have always wanted to do. And uh, I remember I was six years old and I told my mom that I wanted to be on TV doing um, (laughs) just specifically doing flips. Not, wow. Like, I don't care about uh, anything else. I don't care about, like, acting or anything. I just want to do flips. And people used to ask me before. This was before I can even walk. I didn't wow. learn how to walk. I was, like, six years old. And um, Man. people were like, you're never going to be able to walk. And uh, I looked up at my doctor one day. He was telling me that I'm not going to be able to walk. And uh, I told him that I'm going to backflip next time he saw me. And, uh, he was, he laughed at me and, uh, I never went back to that doctor. And I later on learned how to backflip, uh, at the age of, uh, uh, like 12, right before I was 13 years old. And, uh, that day he actually quit his job and became a mobility specialist. And yeah, so he now helps other people with physical disabilities so so wait the same doctor that said that you'd never be able to walk again is a mobility specialist yeah whoa and so has has he been able to see what you can do uh yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) i haven't spoken to him in the past year and a half maybe two years um to see what he's doing but uh we used to stay in contact a lot actually but i haven't spoken to him in a while so, like, what's his response? Like, did this guy faint when he found out that not only were you walking, but you can do what you're doing? No, um, he he started to cry, actually. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, because he was coming from my, uh, he saw all of my paperwork. It was, like, basically shown that I was not able to do that. So he was basically in disbelief that it was possible. So, man, yeah. what a powerful moment. That's, that's insane. Wow. That is so cool. So now does your family know that you're doing this and what do they think about it? My family? Uh, yeah, they know about it. Um, I don't know. They're kind of, I don't know what they're doing to be honest, but they, they know what I'm doing. I don't know. They're kind of off living their own lives and I'm kind of just here living mine. So, uh, my family is all over the world, so I don't really keep touch with very many of them or very often, but Got it. So now, like, I think that a lot of people, you know, that when you're when you got someone who's really motivated, it's almost like you're going through your history all the time 
and you're trying to make up for stuff that you missed out on, like missed opportunities. And so do you feel like what you're doing, the flipping and, and, and everything, do you feel like it's, it's like in direct response to the fact that you lack those things? Do you feel like you still would have been interested in doing this if you hadn't had that? Or do you feel like that starting out being paralyzed, do you feel like that was really the, the catalyst for you wanting to pursue this? Absolutely. That is, that's why will and always will continue to backflip. I, I call it backflipping your life. Hmm. Um, and that's what I live my life off now to uh, help other people backflip their life and backflipping your perspective. Um, if you look at any of my content, it's all about collaborating arts and taking two things or multiple things that um, nobody's really seen before and try to flip it upside down or twist it around some weird way that no one has really seen before. So that's kind of my number one goal is to keep people from seeing the same thing over and over and over and help them see other different like other perspectives. And yeah, that's, that's what I live my life off of. And I want to coach as many people as I possibly can to do the same exact thing. So that's so cool. So now if you think about someone like, is there like a, a specific audience that you really want to reach with that message? And how has that been going so far? Um, it's been going great, actually. Um, uh, I have a thing called um, a backflip in a day. And almost every single one of my students learn a backflip in less than 24 hours. Um, and most of them will learn it in two to four hours just because a backflip is a lot easier than people think. But when you first say, okay, you're going to learn a backflip today, they're like, no, that's impossible. This is out of the world. It's not going to happen. People laugh at me whenever I tell them they're going to do a backflip today. Once they learn it, it takes like the second of once you land it for your whole perspective to be changed. So uh, it's been going great. I've taught uh, at this point over a thousand people plus. Uh, I just did a workshop out in Montana. It was 48 kids in less than 12 hours. And so I, I imagine that like the disbelief factor at the very beginning, when you say you're all going to backflip before I leave this room, is that the big transformation for them? Like to just see that, that mentally that they can get beyond something that they they're totally convinced that they can't do. Exactly. Yeah. Once you, because in order for you to like shift your perspective, something needs to happen immediately. And so once you learn a backflip in like an hour, you're like, Oh, crap, what else can I do? You know? And you just, from that point on, you take it upon yourself to be like, okay, can I do this? Can I do this? And then you start learning limits. Main reason why I started coaching in the first place actually was because I started getting kicked out of all the stores and where I usually like to train because people were trying what I was doing and hurting themselves. So I was getting in trouble and getting kicked out of these places because of it. (laughs) So (laughs) I started teaching people how to do it properly. And, uh, now in that small town where I was coaching, parkour is really big and they just opened their first parkour gym and stuff. So that's cool. And so now, so outside of just the, just the stills and the acrobatics, so you do like full parkour scaling things and jumping off stuff and things like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, actually stopped posting, uh, my super sketchy uh, roof jumps and all that stuff because I didn't want people to try it. What'd you yeah. think? Of, did you get a chance to see that video of that guy that climbed up the, the, that balcony? I think, was he like a French guy? It was in France or something. And he saved that kid. Did you just happen recently? No, I, I did not see that. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, it was when I watched this video, I was like, man, I, I bet you Nick could probably do that. If my kid was hanging by the balcony, I hope that he's like somewhere nearby. 
<laughs> but, um, yeah. but this guy, yeah, he climbed up the side of this building, all these different balcony railings and stuff to get, I don't know how many floors up he got, but he, I think he met with like the French president and, and all sorts of stuff. Like he's a pretty big uh, media celebrity right now. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So let's talk. I mean, for someone that was born and this whole activity was like born out of an injury, do you ever fear like getting injured again? I mean, isn't that, is that something that's always on your mind? Um, yeah, actually it's, it's really funny. That's one of my most common questions is, are you ever scared of getting hurt? <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I don't get hurt. Yeah. I'm scared <laughs> of getting hurt. That's why I don't ever get hurt. Um, the worst that really happens is like, I'll break a toe, you know, sure. um, I'll break some fingers or something or jam them. But no, it's always the people always like have this misconception that if you do a dangerous thing, that it is a uh, that you can get hurt. But uh, with most of my students, actually, when I do backflip workshops, we're doing backflips, we're doing backflips, we're doing backflips, we're rotating out in a circle. Not one of my students have hurt themselves doing a backflip, not one. But it's happened two times where a kid was doing a backflip. They were turning around and walking away, and then they broke their ankle walking away. <laughs> wow. Not doing the actual flip, but turning around and walking away, they broke their ankle. Oh, man. Uh, so <laughs> people have this misconception that, like, if you do something dangerous, that you're going to hurt yourself. But really, it's always the simple things that you always misjudge, which is like, because when you're doing something dangerous, naturally and instinctively, you put uh, your full attention towards it. But when you're walking, you don't really think. That's right. That's why people most likely to get into a car accident somewhere near their home because they're kind of just driving on autopilot versus like really paying attention. So I could totally see mm -hmm. that. That makes sense. So like yeah. in our industry, like for in our dance schools, like people stepping through the front door of one of our dance studios is like this huge departure from their comfort zone. And I would imagine it's probably the equivalent of if I were to do a backflip, I'd probably feel the exact same way. So when it comes to like going further out of your comfort zone for you, because I know it's kind of like it's it's almost like a drug, right? Like you're trying to constantly push yourself. So what's like the next hurdle for you? Are you trying to like scale something bigger? Is it now more on like the teaching and coaching end? You want to reach more people? Like what are you doing to step outside your own comfort zone? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, my goal is to actually be able to teach 100 people a backflip in 24 hours. That's my goal. That's cool. So in a 24 hour period to teach 100 people how to do a standing backflip by themselves, no trampoline, no walls, no nothing, just stand there and backflip. So that's my uh, goal that I strive for. But uh, I think overall, from my personal growth, I am trying to work on simplicity because I always think like I'm always thinking too big. I'm always trying to do like some big massive front flip to this, to this. And sometimes like a lot of my friends are like, Nick, you could just stop right there after that. You don't have to keep going. Um, <laughs> so I'm having a hard time <laughs> trying to just keep it smaller or keep it more simple. In addition to that, I want to bring more different types of art into like what I do, you know? So I, I consider myself a free runner or a movement artist. And so I want to know what would happen if you bring yoga into parkour, you know? Yeah, that's that's super cool. So now I have to ask you, so what is there left? So when I'm looking at your content, I'm immediately thinking like this dude is so brave. Like so is so what is there even if it's like spiders or, you know, probably not public speaking because you're teaching all the time. But like what is there left? Is it karaoke? What what actually scares you? Is there something that scares you? 
Um, yes, I, I do want to actually uh, say spiders. Um, oh, first yeah. Off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. I've always been scared of spiders. Um, <laughs> but uh, scares me the most is um, I think uh, losing uh, – Losing one of my close, someone in my community, uh, losing somebody by them doing something ridiculous that they know they shouldn't have been doing in the first place. Mm. And that's why we'll always continue to coach um, just because it's a safety thing. And it's happened a lot where I've lost somebody really close to me um, just because they were doing that roof scaling and all that really cool, you know, roof jumping stuff. But it's I don't. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. I, uh, I think everybody should have the experience of it just because it will change your life. However, it needs to be done safely. So I think that's my biggest fear. And that's why I will always continue to coach. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, when you watch that, I mean, you, you know, what people don't always realize is like when you watch like, you know, back in my day it was like watching old skate videos. Um, and, yeah. and now it's like watching or like episodes of Jackass and M- MTV. And you, you don't think that they, they do so many takes to create it. Right. And uh, yep. and so for for that, the problem is, I mean, I can imagine with roof jumping, it's like you get one shot at that. Right. I mean, it's not like. Yep you're going to get many chances to fail and then edit. Exactly. And sometimes you will have to do like, like for this video sake, sometimes people just do it for the videos. You will have to do it over and over and over. And so a lot of people, they'll do it once really, really good. And then they'll get a different camera angle and then they'll mess up. Oh man. Yeah. So it's, if you're going to do something like that, you have to make sure you're doing it like at the professional level and you have all cameras set up. So you do as less takes as possible, you know, so you don't have to keep doing it over and over and over. So just preparing yourself, you know? Yeah. If you do it at all. And now, like, I got to ask you, like, do you feel like the free runners in that community are, are they doing it like the, there's always this talk about like comedians and their goal is to make the other comedians in their community laugh. Like they know that the audience is probably going to like it or maybe not like it. But if they can make their peers laugh, then like then they know they've got like the street cred amongst the people that they really care about. So like in your community, do you feel like you're you guys are pushing the limits for views on the video? Or are you pushing the limits just to impress your friends? Are you pushing or is it just to push your own boundaries? Where Where would you put it? Well, the problem with uh, that I'm seeing with a lot of these Instagram freerunners is they're only posting up the same content as the next freerunner. And there's a lot of the same content going around. And it's just like, okay, I've seen this already. I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen this. And that's where I think we're losing the art in the actual sport. And that's one reason why I like it the most is it's you can take this movement and you can literally adapt any type of movement to it because it's like a body yeah. And it's like you can bring any form of dance into your free running. And there's so many different sports that you can bring into it as well. And trying to I, collaborate with as many as I can. Well, if you ever want to do a ballroom dance collaboration, we got you. We got you all set, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually because I, I take my kids to a trampoline park, you know, in the summertime stuff. There's one down the street. And I've always mm-hmm. thought, like, I could rent this place out. I'm going to set up a camera like at this really high angle. And I want to put people in dance costumes and like floating through the air because that's kind of like the feeling that people have when they're dancing. That's always been in the back of my mind. And I didn't really make that association until we're talking right now. But I think that that would be so cool. So I have to ask you now from a content standpoint on your on your page and some of the some of the shoots that you've put together are so well done. Like who thinks up like the the concept you know, who are some people that really helped make that possible? And and then do you have like a favorite shoot that you've done? 
Well, I don't know, actually. That's a tough question. So what made me want to do this in the first place was um, back in the day, I was booking so many um, little jobs based off of my uh, content. Back when my account was like super, super small, there were people that have huge accounts that are way bigger than mine, even still to this day. Um, and they weren't making any like form of income from their content. And so what really inspired me to continue going at this route was um, I just took a couple photos with my buddy's car um, and we just submitted it to the company and they used it, you know, nationally for their magazines and their website and stuff for a little while. And so I was like, wow, this might be a thing. So um, <laughs> I actually started going that route for a little while and um now I'm kind of teaching it to people. And yeah, so I think that's what overall made me want to keep going this route. Um, I think a lot of my uh, artistic content has been inspired by a dance uh, choreographer that uh, I currently dance in his company. Uh, we do this uh, event called Cameras and Dancers. Um, where we just get, it's random every time we get 10 dancers and 10 photographers and just see what happens. We'll meet up at a certain location and just go shoot and make as much great content as possible. And I have not yet been disappointed with one of those, but I think one of my favorite photographers I've ever worked with, and that's really tough to say because I've worked with so many talented ones, but I think the easiest and my favorite photographer would be Chris Uka. Yeah. Uh, he's a car photographer, but anything I do, I only have to do like once, maybe twice. Wow. If I do it right, he gets it. You know, I feel like with a lot of other photographers, like I'll have to do the same thing over and over and over. But with Chris Uka, it's like you shoot it once. If you do it right the first time, he's got it and you're done. You move on to the next shot. There's another one that I uh, another type of shoot that I do. I call it shoots and suits. I'll just get dressed up in a suit and uh, get a couple of photographers. We'll go out. We'll basically do our art in a business suit and hoping that that will inspire um, art um, for the people that work nine to five jobs that they don't want to, um, or even just people that work nine to five that don't make time to be artistic or, you know, be creative because that's a half your brain, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's valuable to use. Um, so we're just basically inspiring, um, you know, those types of people. One more question, and then I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions, and we're going to wrap it up. So, like, most adults always say that when they were kids, they were more daring than they are as adults. Would you say that you're, you're probably the opposite, considering? And then, like, how can people benefit from maybe flipping that around, backflipping that around, you know, to kind of trying things that are a little bit more daring as an adult versus just thinking of that as, like, something in the past tense? For me, it's been the exact same. I was always crazy. I will always continue to be crazy. I'm just crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Um, but you can thankfully learn to be crazy, um, a controlled crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by uh, learning how to backflip, to be quite honest with you. They will change your perspective in like two seconds. Once you learn how to backflip, like that's that. Man. So, okay. I'm motivated. Even if you're super tall, like I'm six, four, can I, do you think that does that have any limitation or is that just some, something in my mind? Um, so my two youngest students right now are four years old. They learn to backflip in a day. My oldest student is 83. 
he learned to backflip in a day. Whoa. My, uh, I had a three, one of my first students was 300 pounds. He learned to backflip in a day. I taught a one-legged homeless dude how to backflip in a day. You know, there's like, you know, every shape and size, you can do it. You know, it's really not as hard as you think. I got to ask you, were you looking for a one-legged homeless dude or did you just like, <laughs> you just found somebody who said, I'm going to do it? No. Yeah. It's, uh, I was just training one time in the, uh, downtown where I used to train in Chico and he was just came up to us and just started talking to us. And it was like, I, I want to do that so bad. He got his leg eaten off by a shark. Um, yeah, it was crazy. You know, so we just like taught him how to do a backflip and that was actually way, way back when I was like, Oh man, that was almost 10 years ago when I first started coaching. It was like, I was 13. And so I taught him how to do a backflip and he gave me a dollar, like a, a one-legged homeless dude gave me a dollar to teach him how to backflip. And that was like where I was, that was my very first dollar from coaching. I took a picture with that dollar. I still have it. Oh, and uh, yeah, that was life-changing for me, honestly. Wow. That is fantastic. I don't know if you can top that. You talk about your first dollar earned. That has got, <laughs> <laughs> that story, bad joke. That story's got some legs. Um <laughs> 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 That's great, man. I love that. Okay, so I want to ask you some rapid fire questions now. First thing that comes to your mind. Now it's time for rapid fire questions. Uh, what do you do to like unwind after you've done like a big shoot or you've done just some big scary thing? Like what's your way of like restoring like calm and serenity back into your life? Well, to me, that is my calm and serenity. Like that's that's where I breathe. Um, but after every shoot that I've ever done is straight to food. <laughs> okay, awesome. Speaking of food, what is your go-to comfort food? Hmm, probably hamburgers. <laughs> nice, nice. Yep. Speaking of hamburgers, if you had to choose like one spot, do you love like fast food like McDonald's or do you love like some hole in the wall place? Like where where can you get a good burger with Nick Walton? Um, from Nick Walton. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm uh, actually doing collaborations with a couple of restaurants and um, it's called the Backflip Burger, ironically. So Dude, you have yeah. a Backflip Burger? Man, I'm so jealous. Yeah. It's at a place. Uh, we're going to do it at uh, Farmer Boys. Have you heard of it, Farmer no. Boys? No, no, no. Uh, this specific one is out in Chatsworth. My hat's off to you, man. That is so cool. So, um, so now final thought, what's the one thing that you feel like, you know, your your message, how do you feel like that could impact people, whether they're dancers, non-dancers, someone in their career? You know, what's what's your final thought and your message to them? Final thought and my message to them. Back up your life. I mean, really, all it takes is to find one, one small moment to change your life. So for you, it might not be a backflip. For me, it was. For almost all of my students, it was. But again, it doesn't have to be a backflip. Find one thing that you know will change your life. Do that and then go from there. Love it, man. All right. Nick Walton, you have such a great story. You're such a great inspiration. I cannot believe, I mean, doing what you're doing already by itself is like one thing, but doing what you're doing, considering like how things started for you takes it to like a whole other level. And, uh, and I'm really inspired by you, man. I'm excited to see what you do next. And I'm sure that you're going to be teaching a thousand people to backflip in 24 hours. No problem. <laughs> That'd be awesome. In dancing, there's this expression, maybe it's not just in dancing, there's this expression that's be so good that the judges have no choice but to mark you first. And I think that in Nick's case, it's be so committed, believe so much 
that the bad news has no choice but to cave in. Think about the type of setback that Nick started out with and just to get to walking would say a lot, but to get to a point where he is free running and flipping and teaching other people how to backflip their life, I think is nothing short of a miracle and definitely super inspiring. I think if there's one thing that you get from this, it's that bad news does not always equal a bad result. In between, the news and the result is what you believe and the work that you put in. I hope you enjoyed listening to Nick and getting to know his story the way that I did. And I hope that you found some value in this podcast. If you are enjoying it, please hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud or share Off the Floor with a friend you think will appreciate it. My name is Chris Lynham. This has been Off the Floor, Episode 17.